You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. It's we. It's we. We're doing this one in French, folks. We. Oui, oui. Je vous pâté à mon dessus, s'il vous plaît. That had to do something with cheese? No. Ah. I just said, I want my Play-Doh, please, in French. <laughs> um, if you want something to do with cheese, that would be fromage. Omelette du fromage. The cheese omelette. I know whenever you speak in French, you either say something about Play-Doh <laughs> or cheese. So I just took a wild stab um, at it. I knew I had a 50-50 chance of getting it right. Uh, I took French in middle school. Don't know much about it anymore, except those two phrases. I know if you want to say my name is, you say, je m'appelle. Je m'appelle Jonathan. So your wife is from Canada. Yep. Obviously, part of Canada is very French-influenced. Yeah, not where she is. But in school, yeah. do they even offer Spanish no. as a language? Is it I just French? I can't say that objectively, but... Like the the secondary, like the the go to language is French. If you're so. looking for a neural pathway of which direction you're going to go for a second language, it's going to be French. Yeah, absolutely. So she ended up having to take French. We probably know about parlez-vous français? Yeah, um, French Canada is more the farther east you go. Right. Um, she I literally, think of Quebec. Li- yeah, Quebec, Montreal. All those places, um, very. Some of them, like the towns, like there, it's like only French. My dad lived in Vermont when he was seventeen, yeah. and they would travel in to Quebec, and he said people would like not even talk to him. Yeah. It was like French or nothing. She lives in the equivalent, I would say, of like the Texas of Canada. So Alberta is like the most conservative and the most agriculturally strong province, right? They have provinces up there; they don't have states. And they're huge. And 80% of the population lives within 100 miles of the border because it's so cold there. Like it, all across Canada. Very few people Canada's live. huge. Way up high. It goes way massive. up there. Yeah. There's a lot of pretty much barren, useless land up there. It's very pretty, but nobody lives It probably has some mineral value yeah. or things to extract. People do live up there. There's a place called None of It. Tell the story. And I'm going to have. Gonna have wait, the what's the story? The joke. I'm going to have none of it. Oh, I thought what? there was a joke. I, there that was you a told joke. Me, I don't remember the joke. Uh, I think the people. I, go ahead. We just stuttered over ourselves, man. Oh, so they go up there. The people who live there, they go, hey, we're, we're naming provinces. Hey, we're just naming provinces yeah, up here. We're just here. naming just... provinces, bud. We just want to know what you might want to call it. None of it. We're having none of it. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, sure. We'll mark that down. Yeah. All right. I guess we're calling it none of it. That's yeah, you have a pretty good accent there. I spent a lot of time playing hockey. If you didn't know that about me, that was yeah. my main sport. And the Canadian accent is very similar to the Minnesotan accent. Yeah. And I probably dealt with a whole lot more people from Minnesota than I did from Canada. But just being around the rink. Yeah. You learn the lingo. Hey, that'll learn, preach. Yeah. You hang around certain places, <laughs> you'll on. start learning the lingo. And yeah, then you, you start getting the accents. You start learning the actions, yeah. too. And that's not always beneficial yeah. if you're around the wrong playgrounds. That's yeah. what they say. If you want to get free in some areas, change your playgrounds, change right. your playmates. Yes. I know when I hang around her dad and her uncle, I start getting the I accent. like I think it's a fun accent. It's a great accent. You know, actually, it's a really fun culture because it's not like too wildly different, but just enough to where you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I think I can vibe with that. Um, yeah. Anyways. 
but we started this not with endeavoring to discuss French in Canada, but he said, are you going to start it? Are we going to start it? Or are you going to start it? I said, we are going to start it. We. And really, it probably isn't a surprise to you that one of us spearheads the main point. But really, this is our podcast, and I would change it from we to our because you're involved. I want you to know that you have a vital role to play in this. Some of the guests that we've had on this show have been recommendations from you, the listener. So as involved as you want to be by letting us know what you like, um, leaving us reviews, ratings, talk to me at church. We wouldn't be able to even do this podcast Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Pastor Mark and New Creation Church. Really, this is New Creation Church's podcast. Uh, We just get to host it. Thank you so much. I thought it would be fun, like to do a like where we answer questions but that would mean people have to ask them obviously i don't know what avenue we would do that um a lot of people see us on sunday come and say hey i'd love for you to answer this question yeah or like send an email and then we could start reading the emails of questions i don't know if we could really answer all those questions or give great advice but it, it sure would be fun it would be fun i like answering questions i do too it's really fun like okay Last week, we talked about bucket list stuff. Like, I think it would be really fun to be on a panel, like, weekly. Like, if you traveled and you were on a panel that answered questions. I actually really like being the moderator of a panel. Yeah, you do. I think that's really fun. I think you you might host a good debate. I wouldn't mind doing that. Yeah. What are the chances that one day I will host a presidential debate? Probably uh, very minuscule. Under Under 1%. Under 1%. (laughs) (laughs) That's encouraging. Let's start this podcast. Last week, Pastor Jonathan talked about his trip to Nashville. Loves the stories. I'm going to tag team off of something that he dealt with, which was probably a suitcase. Did you have a suitcase? Yeah. I carried a suitcase on his journey. Uh, (laughs) Just taking a wild stab at it, brother. But this is a message that I actually started developing when I was in high school. And I don't know if I've ever told you how I really started developing this podcast. But when I was nearing the end of high school, I was thinking I was going to go out of state and go to a Christian college. That was my goal. That was my dream. Things didn't end up turning out that way. Which college? Uh I looked at a bunch of different ones and I would, what I would do is I wanted to actually not just see their website. A lot of Christian colleges have chapel times and they would post their chapels on podcasts that you could listen to this college's chapel, this college's chapel. One of the colleges I was looking at was actually in Tennessee. It was Lee University. You ever heard of Lee University? I have not. Well, it's a Christian university and they had a chapel time and they had a sports hero uh, who was really famous. I can't Tim remember Tebow. his name, uh, but he was nearing the end of his life. <laughs> okay. And he had really gotten to the spot where he was like, I'm going to go home soon. Wow. So he was like, this is one of the last things I'm going to share. Mm. And he talked about how Paul talked about near the end of his life. Hey, I've ran my race. I finished. And those statements that he said before he left the earth, they probably carry more weight because he said, I'm at the end. You want to get the most important information Mm -hmm. out at the end. So he said, the information I want to share with you is that we all have a suitcase. And the success of your life is going to be getting those things out of that invisible suitcase. Mm -hmm. And I remember laying in bed, thinking about where I'm going to go to university going, man, I got it. I got to extrapolate that thought. I got to go deeper in that because I feel that. That bears witness to be true. And we are those that believe the word of God. Amen. Can I get an amen from my brother across amen. the room for me? Amen. <laughs> amen. 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 Uh, amen. Amen. Faridi. Amen. Great minister of the gospel uh, yeah. to the Iranian people. <laughs> 
But we believe these amazing truths and we confess them. One just stands out to me. I put it here. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and please, 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 please. operate in peace. No, with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by mm-hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit. There's some really big words there like hope, joy, peace, believing, abounding, power of the Holy Spirit. And we go, Amen. But I've lived some of my life going, I say those, but I'm not experiencing them necessarily in my life. And there can be many factors that are hindering you from actually living and experiencing what Jesus and the Bible promises. But one of the things that hinders us is our suitcases. And when I say suitcases, I mean the experiences, memories, sins that we carry that we keep in the dark. So just as this man who was nearing the end of his life was speaking at Lee University in, I think it's Cleveland, Tennessee, he started talking about unloading his suitcase. I started thinking, when did I first realize that I had a suitcase? So here's a bit of my suitcase story. Pastor Jonathan and myself are alumni of what is now Cornerstone Christian School, but used to be Alpine Christian Academy. Whoop, whoop. I started there actually when I was a preschool student. I was four years old. We call it (laughs) pre-K. And I was there. And I had a friend who wasn't obviously after this story, a very close (laughs) friend. I don't think he listens to the podcast, so I'm going to throw his name out there. His name was Josh Braden. He was a, he was the popular kid in class. He was cool. Everyone liked Josh Braden. And Josh Braden was turning a year older during the school year. So I'm walking around the class and one of the kids runs up to me. He's like, John, 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 did you hear? Josh Braden's having a birthday party. So I went from zero to 60 in less than three <laughs> seconds. I was like, whoa, he's having a birthday party. A birthday party is a big deal when you're like four or five. I remember my third year birthday party. My Family got me life-size Winnie the Pooh characters. (laughs) And I'm life-size. I mean, this Winnie the Pooh was like four feet tall, so he was larger than life to me. I remember I was so stoked that I had Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) I had Piglet. I had Tigger. I was stoked. So that was... Yeah, I had Eeyore, too. (laughs) I wasn't as stoked about him. I I matched his rabbit. Rabbit. I think his name is Rabbit. rabbit. And then Owl? Owl? Was it Owl? (laughs) Yeah, and Christopher Robin. But I had a set. It was awesome. Nice. So that was my third grade, thir- not third grade, third year memory. Now I'm in pre-K. I'm four. So I'm thinking, Josh Braden, this is going to be great. <laughs> so I, people are stoked. I walk up to Josh Braden. I say, Josh, you're having a birthday party. I say, yes, I am. And you're not invited. That's what he said? Yeah. Roughly. Ouch. And I just, I couldn't compute in my head. I couldn't compute in my head that there's a birthday party uh, Susie over here is invited. Timmy over there is invited, but I'm not invited. And I'll be honest, it was hard for me to process as a four-year-old. And I just recommend if you have kids, help them process through these things. And my parents did the best they could, but I carried that for a while. Like, what's the matter with me that I wouldn't be invited to Josh Braden's party? And it was almost instantly that I had this little tiny suitcase attached to my body. And that was an experience. Bro, right I there. was literally just thinking about this subject this morning about there are certain, like, I don't remember a ton of stuff from when I was young. But there are certain things that are ingrained in your brain. And a lot of them are those traumatic experiences, things that seem insignificant at the time, but they start putting stuff in the suitcase and I, I'm not going to hijack your podcast here. I was Please hijack. Remember, I was it's about, we. We're going yeah, French here, bro. I was bro. thinking about this this morning. I was in first grade at Catherine Senior Elementary. I'm sitting at the lunch table. There was a 
janitor name there. His name was Chip. And he was a guy who was like bald in the middle, but had like just the massive Classic red. janitor. Like, no yeah, offense. He I'm had a like, janitor. He We've had been like janitors. the red. What's it called when you're bald on the top? You got all the hair around. He was red and he had glasses and the guy was buff and he had this big tattoo of Donald Duck. And he was kind of weird, but like every every teacher would like invite him into the classroom. Like we'd we'd come into the classroom, like, you guys, Chip is here, and guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna rip a phone book. And Chip would come in and, and he'd rip the phone book. And all of us as first graders were like, oh my gosh, this, Chip is the man. So, anyways, I'm sitting at lunch and my mom packed me like a little like a Lunchable, but it's like the, the Starkest tuna version where they have the tuna and the cracker. And I'm putting it on there, and he comes in, and he's like, oh, who packed tuna? And I'm like looking at Chip. I'm like, ah, oh, it's me. And he goes, that's disgusting. Don't bring tuna to lunch again. And that stuck with me. I'm 31 years old now, and like I still remember that. And I got so self-conscious about that, and like that was a little – item of clothing added to the suitcase right. when I was in first grade. Right. So <laughs> that's normally how it starts. We're young yeah. and things get put in our suitcase <laughs> that we didn't pack. Cause let's be honest, when we're four years old, we don't pack our lunch very well <laughs> and we don't pack our suitcase either. Someone nope. else puts experiences in there. Yeah. But Come on. what I noticed is I have this, but I was looking around thinking no one else has this. So I kind of stayed hush hush on it. Um, I pretended like it didn't really hurt me that I seemed to be the only person in my small private Christian class <laughs> not invited to Josh Braden's party. But I'm over it now, obviously. And I kept carrying this and I realized... Obviously. I, I started compensating for some of these things going on in my head. I actually became pretty darn chunky as a kid. I I loved eating cheese fries and washing it down with three Cokes, stuff like that. And I would eat a lot. And then later on, I started hurting myself, it seemed like. I would look at pornography. I would look at different things to self-soothe that wasn't godly way to do it. And my suitcase just got heavier and heavier and I stayed hush-hush about the suitcase because I felt like I was the only one who had it. So I'm going to share some truths about suitcases that I believe are true. First one being is that everyone has one. Yep. And this is actually an encouraging scripture I'm going to share. It may not seem encouraging from the get-go, but I do believe it's encouraging. It's in 1 Peter 5.9. It says, resist him. Speaking of the devil, resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings, same kind of suffering. So what I get encouragement out of that is, man, it was, it was suffering knowing I had a suitcase and feeling this way. Right now, I just learned that a very similar story from a pretty similar age. Yeah. My brother across the room had a similar suitcase story. We're in the same boat and we can get the same help if we go to the same source. Come on. And what we were talking about, I mean, it's been brought up in the last few podcasts about the fear of man. Um, come on. Uh, so, oh, come on, Jonathan. What were you just going to say? Oh, yeah. We don't want to do, like, so I went to counseling a few years ago and I was so scared to share something with my counselor and I finally, I finally did it. And I was like, dude, no one else is deal dealing with this. This is stupid. This is weird. And he was like, not surprised one bit and was like, literally one out of three people who come to my office are dealing with that exact same thing. I'm like, oh. Isn't and, it amazing? Yeah. The Crazy. lies of the enemy and the freedom of Christ that we get. Yeah. 
Well, we're not going to steal our punchline of this podcast, so let's keep going. <laughs> Everyone has one. So be encouraged that we're all pretending like we don't have a suitcase, but we have a suitcase. And I don't think that's contrary to faith. I think actually when we bring things to light, we can use our faith on them. It's hard to attack an invisible enemy that we leave in the dark, that we leave walk in the room. When we bring it out, um, brother to brother and in ourselves, we can acknowledge what God already has acknowledged and had victory over. Yeah. But we actually live somewhat of a hypocritical life when we pretend like our poop don't stink, mm-hmm. when we pretend like uh, our mud isn't dirty, all that stuff. We're not dealing with it. We're not actually using our faith against what the enemy has done to our life. Everyone has one. Uh, secondly, and I just want to say this before I go into the second truth about suitcases, is that we can also say another word for suitcase. For example, once Jonathan got back from the airport, he got in his vehicle, and not his vehicle, he got to the airport, he got off the plane, and he went to baggage claim. Yeah. Suitcases really are baggage, but baggage doesn't go away with time. Uh, you know, I thought some of these experiences, I was going to wake up one day and the suitcase wasn't going to be there, but I would literally carry my suitcase to bed, and I would lay in bed with this invisible suitcase, one hand on the suitcase, and the first thing when I got out in the morning, a lot of times was hold on to that suitcase and carry it around. It doesn't get better with time. It's It'll hold on to you for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So time doesn't heal all wounds. Sure, time does help some things. You can forget things, but the core root issue, you got to deal with it. And I know that's not encouraging, but yeah. it's true. And then thirdly, it can affect the call of God on your life. And before I get to the call of God on your life, I want to say this about not going away with time. And I think it's a really great point. If I were to have a water bottle here and I were to ask Pastor Jonathan to hold the water bottle up above his head, he'd be able to do it easily because it doesn't weigh much. But if I said to hold it up there for three days straight, he wouldn't be able to do it because it's not how heavy something is. It's how long you have to carry it. That's good. And it can break you down and it can break your body down. It can shorten your life expectancy. It can really affect you. And it can affect the call of God on your life. And what I saw is that God's calling for my life is higher than where I'm at right now. So I'm carrying a suitcase that isn't getting lighter if I'm not dealing with it. It's getting heavier and heavier. Mm -hmm. And I almost saw like I came to this glorious uh, stairwell going up to my Christian calling in Christ where I'm hidden with Christ in God. And there's this staircase and I'm looking at this beautiful thing that God's calling me to. And then I look back to the suitcase I'm hauling and I'm looking up to what God has for me. And I'm looking at my suitcase, realizing I won't be able to get to that with what I'm carrying. Faith doesn't carry what the enemy has done to you into what God has for you. If we don't deal with our suitcases, we won't get to the places and the people that God's called us to be fulfilled in and to help in life. Do you have anything to say about that? I'm writing down something. Well, before, if you have thoughts on this, I'm about to turn the boat because right now it's been kind of discouraging up to this point. <laughs> well, I can turn it for you if you want with an encouragement. I, I so, will give okay. you the the wheel. Yeah, take yeah, it, thanks, thanks. The what's it called on a boat? Stern, the mast. The, the mast. No, that's no, the. the that's, this, yeah, I was going to say mass, but that wasn't right. That's why <laughs> you I can't say the steering the wheel. wheel of a boat. That doesn't sound right. You can what turn is this called? car. Let's just change the. Vehicle. <laughs> 
No, so you're saying it was discouraging. <laughs> Baggage doesn't go away with time. Some of these experiences, you know, you yeah. hold on to them for a long time. Let me just go ahead and say the opposite to you. We'll play the reverse side. Some, some of these good things that happen to you will stay with you for a long time as well. And I was thinking about this, like ordinary, ordinary encounters – a lot of times will have extraordinary impact. Something that seems ordinary on the surface, yeah. like you doing something for somebody that you think no sweat, no big deal. Yeah. It has an extraordinary impact in their life. From that exact same year, first grade, my friend in class, Michael Cullen, it was show and tell. And you don't do that in schools anymore. And I remember one kid brought that. He's like, I got the world's biggest pen from Pennsylvania. And he was huge. And he brought it into class and everyone's like, wow. And then I showed him my, I showed my like Animorph. It's like transformers, but animals. And I'm like, it does this and it does this. And look, and like it's arm turns into a gun. And then Michael Cohen came up and he goes, I wanted to show everybody my Bible. And he opens it up and he goes, the words in red, Jesus actually spoke those. And I remember sitting there in first grade going, wow. And I was having a little self-examination about my animorph being what I brought versus him bringing the Bible. That dude, I, God bless him. I don't know what he's doing now. But that moment, an ordinary encounter had an extraordinary impact That's that awesome. I still remember. Today. That's awesome. Go ahead. That's great, man. You definitely <laughs> turned this car because we don't know what to call the wheel of a, a bow. No, that's the front. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm at a Dude. loss. So we're we're gonna change don't the go sailing with analogy me. that we're using from a boat to a vehicle. So you turn the car around. Let me review the three things that are true about suitcase. First off, everyone has one. Secondly, baggage doesn't go away with time. And third. It affects the call of God on your life. So what are we to do? Are we at a loss? No, we're not. The first thing you got to do is give it to God. First Peter 5, 7, that's two scriptures before the last verse that we talked about resisting the devil, standing firm in our faith because other believers are experiencing the same sufferings we're having. Two verses before that says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. So that's actually a violent motion. And when mm -hmm. I've taught this, I normally haul around a suitcase yeah. while I'm teaching it. I'll literally pick the suitcase up and yeah. toss it to bring about how yeah. intense it is. Toss it so hard and so far that you can't reel that thing back in, mm -hmm. but you have to give it to God. Mm -hmm. I know casting is like violently throwing. I remember our old youth pastor, Pastor Steve, made that analogy too, and he had a bag of chips. And he goes, if I'm going to cast these bag of chips down, I ain't tossing it on the stage. He threw it so hard, the bag popped, and all the chips just flew everywhere. How about your cousin? Do you remember your cousin with the vases? With the vase, yes. About she did how that we analogy. have all these different things we put our life in. Yeah. And she took it, she just Time shattered these the plastic I think vases. the whole thing was called bust a move. Yeah, I was, break I was the right. Mold. Yeah, um, she broke a lot of glass. Right. That's a lot of glass and that's a lot of cleanup. Hopefully you have the <laughs> as team a, to clean As a up. fellow youth leader, I know that you're not sticking around <laughs> to clean that up. I am. Uh, <laughs> so you got to give it to God. And that honestly can sometimes be easier than the second step because yeah. the second step is give it to someone else. And I'm turning to James 5, 16. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Mm -hmm. God's promise is that he will forgive. The promise to heal comes through his body. Yeah, that's so good. And, oh, no, go. Just the difference between, he didn't say confess it that you might be forgiven, that you might be healed. That's There's a big difference between forgiveness and healed. You can confess your sin to God and he is 
more than willing and able to cleanse you of the first John one nine, right? You're forgiven, but there's a lot of healing that still needs to take place, especially when you've offended a fellow brother or sister that when you, the healing actually takes place. Um, not that there's, you're not forgiven. Um, you might expound on that. I think that you already were going to. And I am going to expound upon it. And it's interesting that you mentioned First John 1, 9. Absolutely get forgiveness from God. But if you read First John 1, it's about fellowshipping with yeah. other people. So some people actually make the debate that even that confession is with other people yeah. around. Wow. Uh, and that's a spiritual discipline, the spiritual discipline of confession. If Talk about breaking down the fear of man. <laughs> if you grow in that, it'll break down the fear yeah. of man. And obviously you need to seek wisdom on who you open your life to. I know you and I have had some yeah. very vulnerable moments of bringing up to things. But I'll be honest, that's only added to our relational equity that we have between each other and the appreciation I've had for you and with you. But the way I compare it to is a splinter that – Forgiveness would be like removing the splinter, but I've had some deep splinters that even after I remove them, there's like a yeah. gaping hole there and it feels yeah. like the splinter's still there. Mm-hmm. So I know as I had a suitcase, I was um, looking at things I shouldn't be looking at on the internet. Man, I'd confess it to God and open up to God and I would be forgiven, but that open wound would still be there mm-hmm. and hurt people still hurt themselves and other people around them. Yeah. The next step to find healing is to reach out to Jesus. You're like, I did, but Jesus's body here on the earth, even like you talked about with the counselor, when you open this up, like I'm going to be vulnerable, you opening it up to that counselor helped you in the long run. So he doesn't just want to forgive us. He wants to heal us, but he wants to use the people around us in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's like that revelation I got raking the granite that if you want a hug from Jesus, you got to get it from the body of Christ. And that's man, the healing touch, a hug. Well, how do you get that? You have to open up your life to the body of Christ. It's challenging. But after you do that, you open up to somebody, you experience the healing. It's interesting that God often will give you back the suitcase. Um, And this has happened to me as I've gotten freedom from certain things that had bound me. I've gotten a testimony back. So when he gives you back the suitcase, it's kind of like, oh man, I don't want to even see this thing. What What is it? But he's put new things in the suitcase. Mm-hmm. And what I realized, instead of the experiences, sins, weights, and burdens that were in my suitcase before the traumatic experiences, uh, some things you might find naturally that I actually put in a suitcase. It's like there's a jacket. You feel the warmth of God's love. You're experiencing these things again. Secondly, you have glasses. You have vision for your life where you didn't have vision beyond the suitcase and mm-hmm. the weightiness that you have. Then you have a healing packet that you can actually heal other people. So yeah. many people, they haven't opened up to me until I've opened up about certain things in my life. Yeah. The way I've even referred to it on this podcast is giving someone else the opportunity to go second. So many people don't have within themselves the courage to open up first. But the yeah. moment we take that bold first step, we allow somebody else to yeah. follow our lead. It's always hardest to trudge and uh, pave new trail. Mm-hmm. But once you do, people can follow you and you can have influence in your life. So yeah, you get a jacket inside your suitcase. You get a pair of glasses and you get a first aid kit that you can bring God's healing touch to other people. Funny note about this is when I taught this, um, I was dating my wife or just about to date my wife. And 
I said, hey, I need a pair of glasses for this analogy. So inside the suitcase, I had her glasses, and then I violently tossed it. <laughs> and the next no. time I did it, she's like, I'm giving you the glass case. You're not having my glasses. That's uh, so that's kind of funny. But that's what I wanted to say about a suitcase, man. Yeah, that's good. I was just thinking about what you just said, giving somebody the opportunity to go second. And how you really got to balance that with motivation. There's, I know like in a group setting, there's people who go first because they want to be heard. And then there are people who go first because they're thinking about fear of man, right? That somebody else might be having. So a leader is going first to empower somebody and give them a voice to go second. Exactly. Somebody who's just selfish, just wants to hear themselves. Um, that just reminded me of that. By the way, the steering wheel of a boat is called a helm. And we ah, both knew helm. that. We both knew that. Momentary lapse. Not of reason, but of memory. Not of judgment. <laughs> just memory. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's what I got for today, man. Yeah. Um, wisdom of the day? Yeah. Wisdom of the day for me would be... Well, all of it is wisdom, but um, I like the the point that we that we kind of broke down about the difference between forgiveness and healing and your splinter analogy that I, I won't say that it's not enough because forgiveness is that's enough obviously f for eternity, but to experience true healing here on this earth, a lot of times that takes confessing it to someone else. Even if like, even if it's just a counselor, like not bearing the weight of that thing, just in and internalizing it, letting someone else carry that and help you with that. Yeah. Helps. Bring it to the light. Yep. Amen. My wisdom is it's not the weight of something. It's mm -hmm. how long you have to carry it. And I was listening to a podcast about uh, ministry leadership and it was from a large pastor, not physically size, <laughs> but he actually isn't a pastor anymore, but he was uh, a pastor of a large church and he was asked, why do some pastors fall in such a terrible way. Like, how could that person do that? It's terrible. And the pastor said the weight of what they've carried and the small things have added up to such a degree that mm -hmm. subconsciously they don't know how to get out. So they purposely do a terrible act. So people have to kick them out because they don't know how to get out. And I'm just thinking wow. if they were able to <clears throat> unload the weights as they accumulated, they wouldn't get to a spot where they subconsciously destroy their life just so they can mm -hmm. find a way of escape. Um, so praise God. I'm thankful for that man that gave the chapel at Lee University yeah. as he was nearing the end of his course on this earth, going into heaven. The success of our lives sometimes is determined by how well we can unload our suitcase so God can put his goods in there and we can distribute them to the world. Amen. Praise God. That's it. I'm going to pray. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that uh, you gave, told us through your son, come to me, all you who weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest uh, for I am lowly and gentle in heart. And uh, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. But when we come unto you, we also come into the body of Christ. Father God, I thank you for New Creation Church. I thank you for the relationships I have here. I thank you for everyone who listens to this podcast, getting connected to a church, finding godly connections, godly relationships where they can confess their sin get righteous prayer back and see the power of God move in their life. I thank you for not only forgiven people, but healed people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. I always love it when you share on that. Um, I just wanted to say pack lightly. 
<laughs> on your next trip, folks. Um, I'm butchering the outro. I apologize. <laughs> hey, I'll come in here. We'll be back next time on the Sony Grove Podcast with J&J.